Welcome back, everybody, to the one-on-ones podcast on the Field of 12 Media Network, presented by Bed River Sportsbook. Now, we are bringing you episode nine. Yes, what's on your mind? Discussing what's going on in the land of college football. Now, I'm Harry Douglas, your boy, and I'm joined by my dog, Cody Sensabaugh. Well, Cody, let's boy. go ahead. Let's go ahead and start with these Georgia Bulldogs. I want to start with the number one team in the country, man, who didn't disappoint its mm-hmm. fan base this weekend, nor did they disappoint Kirby Smart, their head coach, being the 11th ranked Kentucky Wildcats, 30 to 13. But my dog, how good is this UGA team? Man, I'm going to put it simple and frank. They the real damn deal. Uh, they front seven is one of the top front sevens that I've seen in college football. And um, anytime you can hold the number 13 team, I think they was at the time, to 1.7 yards per rush, you're going to dominate a lot of people. But the interesting part for me that I enjoyed most seeing from Georgia was the fact that you kind of seen their quarterback get in a rhythm. He threw for 250 yards, had three TDs. That was good to see because he showed that they can win in other ways outside of their defense. I mean, hell, their defense has been dominant all year, and I think they will continue to be that. But the fact that he was able to put up those numbers shows what they're capable of big picture wise. But I think they're the best team in the country. Um, I don't think it's close. Give me your opinion on it. Now, listen, I love this team, man. I love what they're made of. They have a three head. I'm going to get to the defense in a second, but I love what they have offensively, right? They have a starting quarterback who they expected was going to be the man this year coming to the season, JT Daniels. He's not back right now, but he's going to be back. But not only that, they have a solid backup in Stetson Bennett. So you have two solid guys that if your number one guy goes down, you have confidence that your backup, your number two guy, is going to get the job done. And we've seen it the last three or four games out of Stetson Bennett. Mm-hmm. Secondly, they are three deep in the backfield with Zamir White, James Cook, and Milton. They're three deep. And the like third Nick thing. Chubb, Todd Gurley, and what? Um, what was the other guy that they had? Uh, was it Moreno? It wasn't No Sean, was it? Nah, he was before them. What's the other guy? Damn. TG, Nick Chubb, and it's another one. I would have to look it up, man. I can't remember myself. But either. they had three. They had three of them boys back then, and they and they it, doing the same it, damn thing now. <laughs> and they and they ready. And their offensive line, man, their offensive line is getting things done. Now I know under Todd Monk, and they wanted Todd to come in and you know run a little spread thing with the landscape of what college football is getting mm-hmm. to. But when your starting quarterback goes down, you got to go back to old school style. Okay, we just gonna we just gonna punch you in the mouth. We're gonna be physical. We're gonna win a line of scrimmage, yeah. and that's what Georgia has done. But Cody. These young men have three freshmen. They have three freshmen that are playing great football for them right now. Mm-hmm. A receiver, McConkey. Mm-hmm. Listen, the, the man be routing people up. He route yes, people sir. up. Yes, a tight sir. end, Brock Bowers, who's doing a great job. And another receiver, Mitchell. Those three guys coming along for this Georgia offense has allowed them to put up points. I said last week at halftime, the score was 14-7 versus Kentucky. And I was on a show and I, and I said, listen, Georgia has to get these tight ends involved. They, mm-hmm. they have too many athletic tight ends and they, they just got to give them the football. They came out, Brock Bowers ended up having over 100 yards receiving. Listen, the man can play the game. But now it's let's fair. jump to that defensive side. You mentioned that front seven. And people talk about this defense being one of the best all time. Listen, when we say all time, it, it means something because you had those Miami teams that had Vilma, Ed Reed, Sean Taylor, uh, Vince Wolford, all those guys on it. You mm-hmm. you had that Alabama squad, I think. Those USC teams. 2011 Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. 
And then mm-hmm. you, yes, you had them, them, them USC teams. And then you had a year where you had an LSU team that, that was making some noise. Cause if yes, they would have had a quarterback, Alabama wouldn't have won a national championship that year. That's the, that's the, that's the I think Tyron Matthew was on that one. And even more recent, even more recent showing love to the ACC, you had Clemson. Clemson, Clemson, exactly. So yes, you had, so when we talk about all time, the, 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 it's, 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 it's not many teams or many, many, many defenses that you could put in that category. But for this Georgia defense, they're in that category because you have big Jordan Davis, if you don't know his numbers, number 99. And then they have big Devontae Wyatt. Right. They had Nicole Dean. They, they have Walker. They have Smith. Listen, they have Adam Anderson. You, you know what? It's damn Basket Robbins. What? All flavors. How, how you want it? Because they got that many guys on their defense. And for me, man, when I look at them playing against these teams and, and I'm like, even if Georgia does struggle offensively, they, their defense is, is just so damn good that it's not going to matter because their defense, they can count on their defense is going to hold, hold them afloat until the offense can actually get right. Now, we're talking about this. I'm trying to think who can compete with Georgia in the college football landscape. If you're looking at all the teams right now, who is one team? And if there's two, tell me two. But I think I have two in mind that could potentially, um, I think, hang with Georgia. I said potential. Mm-hmm. They have potential. I say they was. I said they have potential. And for me, it's Alabama, and they're going to get the opportunity to do that in yes, the SEC championship game, and Ohio State, because Ohio mm-hmm. State have has two solid running backs they have a nice quarterback they have three receivers they have two tight ends that are solid and a nice offensive line so those are the two teams in my mind right now that i think that can i'm not saying beat georgia but give them a run for their money because their offenses right who, who, who do you have in mind that's a simple question but it's also a tough question because is. georgia is that damn good but I'm gonna keep it a beam, bro. I think Alabama is the only team that got a chance. <clears throat> I like it. I think as we've seen first week of the season, I think we've seen Clemson have a chance, but I think that game was an anomaly because you continue to see Georgia rise and get better. And you've seen Clemson get better in stints, but not consistently better. And Clemson's dealt with a lot of injuries. So while Georgia is ascending, I think Clemson is. You know what I'm saying? It's not a lot of jump, but it's not a lot of down either. It's just kind of, mm-hmm. they're, they're a mediocre team. Yeah. You know, so I would say if anybody, Alabama, and the only reason why I say Alabama is because of who their coach is, and he is the mentor to Georgia's coach. That's the, <laughs> that's the only thing I think Alabama has going for them. But at the end of the day, one thing you know about Alabama is they're always going to compete and they're going to be ready. And it's funny because them in Georgia is assembled damn near the same. They're like a carbon copy yes. of each other. And yes, that's the only reason why I think they have a chance. But man, the way Georgia's playing, bro, like I said earlier, that front seven, bro, being honest, being a defensive back guy, I don't know how good Georgia's secondary is. I don't. I don't. And that's not a knock on those young men, but they just don't get much action. Like we was just talking about Clemson. The year Clemson had Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins, uh, Cleveland Farrell, and Austin Bryant. They had they had a good secondary. They had Trayvon Mullen, AJ Terrell, all those guys who were doing their thing now in the NFL. 
but they didn't get much opportunity because those guys up front were always making tackles for loss and sacks. They didn't get much action. And I think Georgia's experiencing that now. I would love to be a corner for Georgia right now because if you don't give up the deep ball, you good. Yep. You good. Like you literally just have to play the deep ball. And being honest with you, you don't have to play it that much because the pass rush is going to get there. Pass rush and coverage goes hand in hand. And Georgia is as dominant as can be. And what I like about them, they don't give a damn who they playing. They play to their standard. It don't matter who they playing. They play to their standard, and their standard is dominating football. And it's a beautiful fantasy. You don't see them trying to trick people. You don't see them trying to do too much. Their coaches are putting their players in position to win, and their players are executing. And they got dogs all over the field. Here, here, here we are, mano y mano. We ain't trick fucking something. nobody. Listen, it, we want to see, uh, are you the big bad wolf? We know we the big bad wolf. We want right. to see if you the big bad wolf too. Right. It's no fair dodging. And I take it back to a statement that John Gotti said, the famous gangster. He said, everybody a gangster to some gangsters walk in the room. That's mm. really what type of time George is on. Everybody's a dog until we walk into the room. The closest game they've had is Clemson. Yep. And they and they wasn't even developed as a team at that moment, too. Like they knew they was dogs, but they didn't know they was dogs, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And that was kind of confirmation for them in my eyes, because I was at that game and I've seen it up close and personal. But ever since that game, they've just continued to get better. And it's like, damn, if they keep on this path, what are they gonna be come into the season? You know what I'm saying? Because you can tell they're focused. You can tell they're locked in. You can tell they want it. You can tell they're all going after one mission. They don't care who get the shine because they understand when we win, it's enough for everybody. Because that means a lot of people is making plays. And when people make plays, you win, you become a number t- number one team in the country. That means every NFL scout, every NFL head coach, every NFL GM and owner is looking at your team. And if you are mediocre, they might be looking at you and thinking that you decent because you own the number one team in the country and y'all playing team ball and y'all efficient week in and week out. And as a rotational player in a situation like that, all you have to do is make one or two plays when you get in because they like, damn, he's showing flashes. He's behind this guy. So imagine what he's going to do when he gets the same role that this guy gets. You know what I'm saying? It just looks good for everybody, man. And kudos to Kirby Smart. Damn it, he's doing it the right way. He is. Let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up for Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they're offering $250 match bonus for your first deposit. Now, what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With the new Rush Play instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, more reliable. With football season kicking off, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the Bet Rivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older to do so. But if you have a gambling problem, make sure you please call 1 800 Gambler. Now, we talked about UGA, the number one team in the country. Now, I want to get to uh, a quarterback who had the opportunity this week. Ooh to be in a starting role for the Oklahoma Sooners. Yes, Caleb Williams took the job of mm. Spencer Rattler. You spoke uh, on that pre, last week. Pre, um favorite to win the Heisman Trophy, no longer the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy because his job is gone. All Caleb Williams did this weekend versus TCU, number one, they beat him 52 to 21, mm. but he, he went 18 for 23, 295 yards, four tubs, four tubs. But not only that, nine carries for 66 yards, and a touchdown. 
And when we talked about this last week, I said, first of all, Lincoln Riley would be crazy as hell if he didn't start him. You did be crazy. Say and number two, the, the, one of the things we talked about, how when he came into the Texas game, it opened up the run game for Oklahoma that, that has been non-existent. Well, sure. let's talk about that run game for Oklahoma against TCU. Caleb Williams is your quarterback. He's a dual threat guy. You got to account for him. Kennedy Brooks had 20 carries, 153 yards, and a touchdown. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's, it's simple for me. And what I love about this is that I'm glad Lincoln Riley seen it. I'm glad he's seen it and he made the decision. But now when it comes to the committee, they're going to have to judge this Oklahoma football team off of Caleb Williams being their starting quarterback, not Spencer Rattler. So I think that's going to be a positive for Oklahoma on top of a lot of people losing because yes, that's, that's helping Oklahoma as well. But that's going to be something that the, the committee looks at and probably it's going to work in their favor because Caleb Williams has get, given them a new life. You would like to think so, man. Us being former professional athletes and making it to that highest level, we understand the importance and the meaning behind availability is the best ability. Mm -hmm. As an athlete, you can't take a single day off, a single rep off, nothing off because there may be a guy behind you that's just as good as you, if not better than you, and all he's waiting for is the opportunity to get his chance. You mentioned it. Rattler was a Heisman hopeful, one of the top candidates coming into the season. And now he's talking about transferring. And we not even halfway through the season yet. How crazy is that? But it just goes to show you, man, you got to do, do your job, man. You got to yep. do your job. And when you get the opportunity, you got to go out there and execute. Because I had a coach tell me a long time ago, every single day is an interview in this business. Yep. And if that's not the truth, and you you were spot on last week when you said Lincoln Riley would be bananas to not start Kayla Williams. Now you look like a genius. <laughs> because because it's not even a question now who's the leader of that team. Yeah. And you got to give it up to Kayla Williams, uh, the true freshman from Washington, D.C., because if I'm not mistaken, he's the first freshman quarterback to start at OU since 1990, that's 31 years. And I don't know what these young men are doing coming out of high school, but some of them just step foot on campus, they <laughs> ready, like that's crazy. And I think back to when I came out in 2007, I literally needed two, maybe three years before I was mentally and physically ready. And these young men are coming in, a lot of them are coming in at 17, going to campus early and it's just a beautiful sight to see, man. But I think sky's the limit for Oklahoma with that young man, um, unless they face Georgia. But that's a whole that's a whole different story. But you got to give it up for Oklahoma, man. And I think you really got to give it up for Lincoln Riley because the talent that he's not only developing while he's there, but the success they're having in the NFL, like you got to give it up for him. Like Kyler yeah. Murray right now, in my opinion, is the front runner for the MVP. You know, people could say different things, but when you look at him, when you look at Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, like all of those guys are doing well. And they all have come out, what, in the last three years, if I'm not mistaken? I think three or four. Last three or four years. Yep. Spencer Rattler, I'm sure he'll get a chance. No matter what happens the rest of this yeah. year, he'll get a chance moving forward because of his previous resume. But damn it, this young man, Caleb Williams, we already see what he's about. So if he can keep progressing 
and improving, man, sky's the limit. And if I was a quarterback, I'm going to OU because it's, it's proven. They're not only winning Heismans and going number one, but they're having success in the NFL. And what else can you ask for? Now, when you talk about Oklahoma, I look at their schedule, right? They have Kansas left. They have Texas Tech. A game that I circled for them, three games, actually. Mm-hmm. Baylor, they still have Baylor. And Baylor's playing some damn good football right now yeah. under, under, under head coach Dave Aranda and their quarterback, uh, Bo Hannon. And then you ha- they have Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Iowa State's been on the shaky, shaky, shaky land so far this year. But Oklahoma State, they have in that robbery game the last of the year. Oklahoma State's still undefeated. Yes, now, that, that posed me to ask this question. Who is the real number two team in the country? And I say that because Iowa was ranked number two last week. But Iowa lost to Purdue. And a lot of people going into this game, when I tried to tell them, I told people on, on multiple occasions that Iowa just do, they're just well coached and they do things the right way. But I didn't think they were athletic. I didn't think they can play in space and they created turnovers. And I said on one, another show, I said, the only great thing that Iowa does is create turnovers. They do nothing else great. They do nothing else great. And Purdue went out there and showed that, beating that team 24 to seven. But what blew my mind is that Purdue has a wide receiver and the head coach for Purdue, Jeff Brom was my quarterback coach at Louisville and the offensive coordinator, Brian Brom was my quarterback at Louisville. So I understand their offense and know what they want to do. They want to pass the football, right? So Purdue has a wide receiver, a stud now, David Bell. Mm -hmm. David Bell has done nothing but kill Iowa his entire career. Mm -hmm. David Bell in that game had 11 catches for 240 yards and a touchdown. So I'm thinking to, so I'm thinking to myself, why would Iowa not come into this football game and say, okay, we're going to take your, your, your option one away. Let me see how else you can beat me. Mm-hmm. And, and that blows my mind. And then the quarterback for, for Purdue, he had a good day, man. Uh, O'Connell, he went 30 for 40, two, uh, 375 yards and two touchdowns. So he played well. And I asked Coach Brown, man, what was one of the things that you told your, your, your football team? And I asked David Bell as well after the game. Um, he said, man, Coach Brown really stressed on not turning the football over, taking care of the football, because if if you take care of this football, your chances of winning this game is going to be sky high. Yeah, man. And we was talking about this before we went on air, but, man, I got to give you your flowers because playing with you as a football player and then doing this with you, it just shows that your greatness is in everything you do. How you do one thing is how you do everything. And I just want to salute you and give you your flowers. And I told you before, you're the hardest working man in show business in this TV industry. For anybody anybody that don't know or don't follow you, just follow your Twitter, follow your Instagram, and you'll see that this man is the hardest working man. He's either on a flight, he's waking up early, he's staying up late, he's doing everything it takes to be successful in this industry. But when I tell you your takes are spot on, it's crazy because seven days ago, you said the exact same thing. (laughs) You said the only reason Iowa is good is because they don't beat themselves. Well, guess what? (laughs) They beat themselves and they got their ass whooped. Anytime you throw four interceptions, it's a wrap. Like You can't beat nobody. And going back to what you said about Purdue's offense and their receivers, their receiver, I cringe hearing that because his resume against you guys is what it is. How do you step into that arena, that field, 
and let one guy beat you. Anytime you let a receiver go for 240 yards, that blows my mind because at some point as a coach, you have to take your pride and throw it out and say, we're either going to put two people on this guy or put three people on him and we're not going to let him beat us. At some point, at some point. And I compare that to Devontae Adams with the Packers. Anytime the Packers step in the stadium, you know who Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball to. It's not a question. If you look at DeAndre Hopkins, his last couple of years in Houston, hell, majority of his career in Houston when he wasn't with Andre Johnson, yep. you, know, you know who they're throwing it to. Don't let this one guy beat you because guess what? They're that damn good that they can beat you by themselves. So as a former defender and defensive back, I cringe hearing that because it goes back to what we're talking to. The coaches aren't giving these young men a chance to win. They're setting them up for failure because I'll tell you one thing, if that was Kirby Smart or, or um, Nick Saban, he's taking them out of the game. They're not going to let your top priority Bro, be. I'm going to take it here. Uh, let me tell you some of the things I've seen from Bill Belichick. Well, we had Tony Gonzalez on our football team. Bill Belichick decided that we're going to put two linebackers over Tony Gonzalez and vice him like I they on the punt return, like, like on their punt return team mm -hmm. and not even let him off the line of scrimmage. Right. If I see somebody, and okay, you didn't double him going into the game. That's fine. But if I see him making all these catches, we, we got to adjust something. I can't let him off the line of scrimmage. I, I, I just can't. Them boy, what they do to Megatron? What the Saints did to Megatron down by that goal yeah, line? Viced him. Viced him. Like he was a gem. Like he was a gunner. Think about it, bro. You are in the Louisville Hall of Fame, right? You played 10 years in the NFL, right? Yep. What's the most yards you've ever had in a game? Ooh. Oh, I told some up too. I, I'd have had two 200 yarders. But you see what I'm saying? <laughs> And, and let me tell you, but, but no, let me tell you, and let me tell you how crazy it was. So one of them was against Kentucky, our rival. And uh, my boy, me and Wesley Wood, you talk about this all, all the time. He right. said, I can't believe we went into that damn game. And we told our best corner that he was going to match you the whole game. And you gave him 200 plus. I said, I thought, I thought it was disrespectful. I, I thought it was disrespectful. You're going to send one man to guard me the entire game. I'm a, Kill this damn draft stop. I'm killing this draft stop. I, Cody, I'm killing this damn draft stop. You gonna, you gonna disrespect me? I'm gonna disrespect him. I'm gonna kill that draft stop. Bro, God's honest truth. This is a personal story about me. Okay, so I get drafted by the Tennessee Titans. This is my fourth year. DeAndre Hopkins, who I went to school with, got drafted to the Houston Texans. He came in the year after me. We were in school two years together and we played each other in the uh, AFC South three years became because he came in the year after me my final year mind you this was his first all pro season I think mm -hmm. the last game of the season or the second to last game because you know you play division opponents like those last two or two out of three weeks we went into the game and my head coach I don't want to say his name but he's no longer <laughs> he's no longer a head coach anymore and my defensive coordinator at the time is no longer coaching in the league I love those guys to death but I feel like they set me up for failure. And I knew, <laughs> and I knew that going into it. But say, I knew. But your pride and everything, you you would compete. You you a dog, you're gonna fight. We went into that game and they told me straight up, you got Hopkins one-on-one -on -one the whole game. Now, mind you, I know this guy I went to school with him, love him to death. I can't guard him one-on-one -on -one because guess what? When he's one-on-one, -on -one, I don't care who it is, he's open. Bro, all you got to do is put the ball around him. He's so long and his hand's so big. Like, you it's, just got to put the ball around him. 
And I knew I wasn't tripping when after the game, one of my closest friends that I've met through football and that I'm still close with, Kareem Jackson, was a safety for the Houston Texans at the time. Mm-hmm. And God is my witness. He came up to me after the game and he said, bro, you need to fight your D coordinator for what he did to you today. I said, bro, he was tripping. He said, bro, our whole offense is throwing the ball to 10. Why do they have you covering him one-on-one? <laughs> you know where it's going. And like I said, this was his first all-pro season. I want to say he had 12 to 13, 1,400 yards. He had over 100 catches. He had over 10 touchdowns. Like, you know where it's going. They don't have a running game. I think I seen him say something yesterday where he's he's had 20 quarterbacks throw to him in his career or something like that. You know, Houston, they had a cycle. Of that's that's the crazy thing. Quarterbacks. And I just look back on that moment, and that's like, damn, like, don't let pride beat you. You know what I'm saying? When you step into yeah. a stadium, you respect everybody. You don't fear nobody, but you respect everybody. But don't let your pride beat you. And you see that happening over and over and over. But back to you, it is so hard to go for 200 yards because not only do you have to have the targets, you have to catch the ball and you have to make the plays. You have to have a lot of things going in your favor. There's a million receivers that can go for 200 yards, but it's so hard to do because things have to fall into place. Yep. Fact that they let this man go for 200 yards and he's been busting their ass his whole career. It's like, come on, you stealing? Blew my mind. In, in, in his entire career, he's had over, I think, 300 had over 320 yards receiving, and I believe like five touchdowns. <laughs> and, and, and you, and you let this man get off. It's crazy, bro. But I mean, that's Iowa being Iowa. But I knew it was gonna happen sooner or later because I actually thought. Um, they should have lost. They should have lost to Penn State the week before. If their quarterback doesn't go out, then they actually lose that football game. Support for today's episodes of One on Ones comes from Manscaped, the world leader in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped has just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. It's a sleek, well-designed, and precision precision engineered trimmer. And I got to tell you, I was blown away by the performance. Listen, fellas, when I was in college, I had a bad experience trying to trim my hairs and I uh, used a razor and actually got cut. So don't be like me, get you a Manscaped and get right. The way that Manscaped engineered the ultimate growing and body trimmer was simple. They focused on intelligent functionality and providing a comfortable grooming experience. The Lawnmower 4.0 was developed with their trademark skin safe technology, which includes a cutting edge ceramic blade that reduces snags and nicks. You need to be confident in any tool you use on your family jewels. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 4000K LED spotlight, an attachment that allows you to change the length of your trim and a wireless charger. Most importantly, you want to make sure you're not using the same trim on your nuts and your face. That's just nasty. So head on over to manscaped.com where you will get 20% off and free shipping with the code one. That's O-N-E. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com if you use the code one. As a user of the Lawnmower 4.0, trust me when I say your balls will thank you. But who do you think right now is the real forget the rankings? Because right. I understand the rankings got have Cincinnati ranked as number two, and that's nothing against Cincinnati. But I want to know who do you think is the real number two team in the country right now? Alabama Crimson Tide. Okay. So I, 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 had, knew, I knew I wasn't crazy. They had that hiccup a couple weeks ago, but the way Georgia is put together. I think Alabama is the only team that can match that as far as speed, physicality, smarts, like 
everything that, that Georgia is, I think Alabama is the only team that can match that. Those teams in the Big Ten, no disrespect to Ohio State, Iowa, Penn State, none of them. I don't think they have enough speed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, whoever it may be in the Big 12, I think they're still called. Is that what they still going by? Yeah. Uh -huh. I don't think they have enough physicality. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing with the SEC. The SEC is just different, bro. Like, they're just different. They're big, they fast, they strong. Like, they got it all. Like, I feel like yes. every conference has one or two things that may separate them. The top teams in the SEC, they got it all. Yeah. They got it all. Like, you can look at them young men walk out the tunnel, you'd be like, damn, what are they eating? You know what I'm saying? So, well, and, well, and you make sense because, like, when I look at the Big Ten, like, I actually think the Big Ten this year. Big Ten might be the best conference because they have mm -hmm. uh, five teams ranked in the top 11, right. but within the next four or five weeks, they got to play each other. Ohio State, Penn State, right. Michigan, Michigan State. Mm -hmm. Some that Somebody's going to be the odd man out because sure. they got to they play each other over and over again. I was sitting on the other side. The only hard game they have left right now is Nebraska. That's right. the only hard game they left. So we know I was going to make it on their side, mm -hmm. but when you look, when I look at the Big Ten, I'm like, okay, and you look at those teams, they either have two things, but not three. They either have one thing, but not, you know what I mean? When you talk about all phase, all phase defense, special teams, I, I don't see a team that has a solid defense, a solid offense, and a solid special teams. But they have guys that can play the game of football in the Big Ten. And the only time, my only reason why I said Ohio State early on that I feel like they can compete Definitely not defensively. I ain't talking about defensively. Right, right, right. Even though, like the first three games of the year, they gave up over, I think, over 80 points. Mm. In the first three games. The last three, I think it's under 40, but still, they haven't played nobody in the last three, really. Mm -hmm. So when I look at Ohio State, but I look at them offensively, they have two guys in their receiver group who's going in the first round. Right. They have a third receiver in Jigba who can ball out. They have a freshman running back in Henderson, Travion Henderson, who's coached by a guy that I'm really close with, man, who – who was the real deal? Who's right. going to be a top guy being picked when it's his turn to come around? So they have the skill people to 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 hold to hold up with a Georgia, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But defensively, I don't think they have that. But when you look at Bama, I think Bama can do it offensively, defensively, and on special teams uh, when it comes to that point. And the thing about Georgia that really jumps off the screen at me is. We all know the game of football right now, it's a game about space. On yeah. offense, it's about making somebody miss in space. And on defense, it's about grabbing somebody in space. What makes Georgia so good? They controlling the trenches. And don't get it mistaken. If you control the trenches on both sides, you got a chance. And if they're- You got a chance. You got a, you got a, a little bit better. You got a, you got a damn good chance. Because <laughs> we know what they running backs is working with. I've seen yes. them punish Clemson's defense. And Clemson has a, Pretty solid defense, but I've seen those running backs wear Clemson's defense down. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, who do you think is number two team? <laughs> I think Bama. I think it's Bama. No disrespect to um to, to Cincinnati to nobody. at all. That's no disrespect to nobody. But, but if but if I had to pick right now, my top five, I will go with Georgia's one. Mm -hmm. I will go with Bama's two. Um, number three for me, and be because they're undefeated still, I will go Oklahoma because of Caleb Williams and I, what I think he can right. do. Mm -hmm. My four would be 
Ohio State, mm. and my five would be Cincinnati. Okay, yeah. And for the listeners out there, just so we on the same page, when we say who we feel is the number two team, we're saying who we think can match up and give the number one team a best chance, just, yep. so, just so we're clear. Yep, so I have, and a lot of people in Cincinnati gonna be mad at me, but- now they can get it. over it. <laughs> but, I, but when I watch Cincinnati, and I love some of the guys they have defensively. I love Gardner in the secondary. I love Sanders, right? And, and then I love their quarterback, Desmond Ritter. But I think the most important per person on, on Cincinnati's football team is their running back, Jerome Ford. Mm -hmm. And I asked somebody this week, and I said, you take Jerome Ford away, from that offense. What do they have? What receiver? Now they have one that's coming along. He's coming along. Okay, okay, he's coming along. But wh who who your big play guy you going to? Right? Man, when this... in doubt, when, when, when things hit the fan, who is your who is the guy that you're going to? Not to mention they should have, and, and I don't like to do the shoulda, coulda, woulda, but they should have lost to Indiana. If it wasn't for a bad ejection call on a mm -hmm. third down play that they put their offense in a fourth down and Indiana was getting that football back probably at their 40 yard line. Mm -hmm. um, that game may be a total different story. So I got Cincinnati at five and no, I don't feel apologetic about it. Um, number four, I have Ohio state three is Oklahoma. Two is Alabama and one is Georgia. And to touch on that one step further, before we go to the next topic, speaking about Cincinnati, if your best option or not best option, if your number one option and your bread and butter is the run game, good luck against playing against playing Georgia because football is all about matchups. What do you do well and what do they do well? Yep. You may run the ball well, but damn it, they stopping the run <laughs> at, a, at a rate that I haven't seen before. Like, has I would have to go back and look well, at that. Well, 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 let me say this. It's it just for people to understand. Coming into this football game last week, Kentucky, Georgia, Kentucky was one of the top teams in the country rushing the football, <laughs> right? They had, they had a running back that was top. They had a running back that was, mm -hmm. I think if I'm not mistaken, top 12, top 15 in rushing mm -hmm. and Chris Rodriguez Jr. <laughs> Guess how many yards he had on Saturday? Seven. <laughs> the man had seven yards on Sunday against yeah. the Georgia Bulldogs. Oh, mm -hmm. Saturday, excuse me. I'm up here thinking about NFL. <laughs> and I go back, I go back to week one and I remember watching the Georgia Clemson game. And I was like, damn, why did Clemson give up on the run so early? I think you remember <laughs> me saying that. But now that I'm seeing how Georgia's playing, it's a no-brainer. Ain't nobody running on them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think our listeners, or maybe they do, I don't want to discredit nobody, but like, do you understand 1.7 yard per carry? That's that's unheard of. Shell, I'm gonna take my chances throwing that shit out there on the way. Listen, you know what? You know, remember what the Dallas Cowboys did um, against Tampa Bay the, the the first week of the season on a yeah. Thursday night? Mm -hmm. They said, okay, we're gonna play on the perimeter. I right. don't know why, but I don't know why college teams don't take the same approach playing Georgia because you're not gonna run the football on them. So I have to play on this perimeter to give myself a chance offensively. Right now, I'm, I'm gonna make these big. I'm gonna go no huddle. I'm gonna make these big boys sweat. I'm gonna make these big boys tired. I'm not gonna allow Kirby Smart to sub them in and out. I'm not gonna sub. I'm gonna keep my personnel in the game so they can't sub. And 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 that's the best way to stop a pass rush and the best way to get people that has a great defensive line uh, breathing heavy is no huddle, change a snap count, screens, getting the football out quickly. I'm not running right at them. You gotta make them run sideline to sideline. You're not about to punch them in the mouth. It's not happening. No. 
and it's not being fearful, but it's respecting what is a fact. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to be honest with yourself. And I, I definitely don't believe Cincinnati has a chance because like you mentioned, <laughs> butter is running the ball and that's no knock on them, but the way Georgia is stuffing the run. Yep. I would, I would like to look at a stat and see what's their most explosive run given up this year. And I guarantee you it's not over 25 yards. I'm up, man. You know what? I'm up. After we get done, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> I, I guarantee you there's I'm no interested one, <laughs> I guarantee you there's not one individual all year that's had a rush for over 25 yards against them. I guarantee you. I don't put, I don't put it past. Now, let's keep it moving, man. We, next game, well, the next team I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about them short, quick, really quick, though. It's Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's in the Big 12, and they are actually um, still undefeated. And their quarterback, Spencer Sanders, he has to play better. But they have another young phenom running back by the name of Jalen Warren. This young man had 33 carries for 193 yards. Tell them how many he had in the second half. I, I don't remember how many was in the second half. 154 of those yards. Oh, he had 154 in the second? If that ain't a Derrick Henry, like, oh my god, like that's exactly what Derrick Henry does, and they showed that the other night on Monday night against the um, uh, who they play the Bills. I played against Derrick Henry. What makes him so great is he gets stronger as the game goes on, and that's exactly what that young man Jalen Warren did. First of all, 193 yards on the ground is toting the pill. <laughs> He looked like Forrest Gump. What? 150 in the second half? 150 in the second half. Yeah, man. I don't know they how punished. I missed that. They punished him. They punished him. They and, 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 and it was it was it was cool because too, like he was going up against Texas um Bajan Robinson. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna lie, he had a good game. He had over 100, two rushing touchdowns, and he had a receiving yes, touchdown as well. So he had three yes, t- total touchdowns. But to see those two running backs, man, go at it like that in that game was 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 dope. And when I watch games, Cole, I'll probably be watching six at the same time. <laughs> I'll be watching six the games. Hardest at working the, same man. Time. the hardest working man in the industry, man. I'm gonna keep saying that. I'm standing on that. I have all kind of notes over notes. You know, when you're watching all them games, you know you can't write straight in your notebook. So you just writing, you're fact. writing and circling, and you're trying to underline and put stars really quick. You're writing without mm-hmm. looking. But I love what college football is bringing to the world right now, man. The parity is unbelievable. But I'm looking forward to it. Both of these teams, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, can stay undefeated. Yes, I'm sir. looking forward to them playing the last game of the season. Yes, sir. In that in in, in rivalry week. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, the last thing let me, I want to oh, no, go ahead. I don't mean to stop you, but I want to hear your perspective, and I want you to give our listeners a perspective on this. Okay. Texas, the last two weeks, to me, oh, man. Texas, the last two weeks from my POV have been playing for the clock to run out and the game to be over and not stay in attack mode. As a offensive player, tell me, tell me about that. What does that make you feel? How do you look at that? Um, I don't like it at all. I felt like... <laughs> I can remember games right now. Well, I want to mention them so bad, but I don't want to put people on blast. Right, right, National right, Football right, League, right, right. Well, we, well, we, well, we done it. Um, I don't like that concept at all because I believe in burying my opponent. I don't want them to breathe. Right. And I don't feel sorry for nobody. So I, I don't get upset when coaches run the score up on, on other teams. 
what I'm getting upset for. That's, that's my job. Your job is to stop me. Yeah, this you ain't can't true. stop me. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And you already know, Cody, how my mindset is like, I don't believe in being cool with people while we playing the game. Like, like even, even if I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like we can be best friends after the game, but while we playing in the game, like, don't I don't believe, I don't believe in none of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it don't make sense to me, but I don't understand why coaches don't keep the, the, the pedal to the metal. But I will tell you, Casey Thompson, this week and last week, I thought that there were throws that he had to make that he did not make. Right. And in, that goes in, in this game. Well. That goes into it as well. Like, because he he, he had an opportunity against Texas. I mean, uh, against Oklahoma, and he didn't make the throws. And then there was a couple of them in this game against Oklahoma State. But I think for Texas, the rest of the season and going into next offseason, next offseason, the Finish. focus is gonna is gonna have to be finishing. Right, because right now Texas shouldn't should only have one loss on their schedule, and that's to Arkansas because they just got beat by Arkansas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, Texas, if the if they just learn how to finish, if they mm-hmm. just learn how to finish games, they're probably in the top ten right now with one loss. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But the simple fact that they can't finish, they're not. Yep. But I but I hate I always hate it, man. When even watching games. Uh, coaches coaches don't keep the same approach and and I understand once you get to a certain point in the fourth quarter that's understandable because you want to run the football out run the clock but to be doing it in the third quarter or even early in the fourth quarter blows my mind keep the pedal to the middle man you got to bury your opponent I'm trying to bury him too listen down the line when I coach they don't come talking about some hey man why you ran the score up on me I'm gonna tell you get the hell out my damn face (laughs) and and I'm gonna be unapologetic about it yeah, he's he's not. And if you do it, and if somebody ever do it to me, I, I'm not gonna complain about it. Hell, I'm gonna get on my players. You see that? I'm be talking about some coach. He ran the score up on me. No, you 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 stop the ass from running the fucking score. I'll be coming to me talking about some coach that's disrespectful, man. They ain't had to do all that. No, no, I don't want to hear it. It's I your see. job to stop them from scoring. It's my job to put you in the best position to stop them from scoring. I don't know if you remember this earlier this year. Um, the Ravens was playing the Broncos. And um, the Ravens had some sort of streak going on of like a hundred yards yep. per game on the ground. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the number of times they had did it in a row, but the Broncos tried to throw a touchdown pass in the red zone. It got intercepted a couple seconds left in the game. The Ravens get the ball back and they had it made up in their mind. We're still going for this hundred yards. Cause we want to keep this record going. So they ran the ball. And I remember Vic Fangio for the Broncos was pissed. Like, why are y'all running it? That's whatever. He said a whole bunch of stuff, but it's like, it's your job to stop them. And as a defender, I always believe that. Like, fuck what they got going on. It's our job to stop them. No matter how much time is left in the game, it is our job to stop them because that is our job. We all have a job to do. This is not charity. No. We got families to feed. You know what I'm saying? So. I, I always felt the way, bro. We on the same page. Yes, sir. I'm on the same yes, page. But that's exactly how I felt about it. But And I never liked it. The last thing we're going to get to is we're going to get to an ACC matchup that I think is key. Um, key because it's not like Clemson's defense is a slouch. Ooh, but the offense of Pittsburgh is the real deal. They're up there in just about every category when you talk about in the in college, this landscape of college football, right? They got Pickett as their quarterback, and then they got Addison as their receiver. Um, who's making plays out there left and right. But 
this is why this matchup for me is in, is is intriguing. I think Pittsburgh is favored by three and a half in this one, and I actually think they're going to win by more than that. But they're favored by three and a half, and the over three under three is forty six and a half. And I'm going with the over in that one because I just think Pittsburgh going to play score some points. Right. They've been doing it all year. You have no yep. you have no other reason to believe anything else. But this game is significant to me because last year in this matchup. Pick it through four interceptions mm-hmm. in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, in the ACC championship game, I think they met up a while back. Pick it, through for, pick it through for eight yards in the interception. Mm-hmm. So I know in his mind, he's yeah, like, okay, this, 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 this is this is my time. Mm-hmm. That they down, we're gonna keep them down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, we down, we not feeling sorry for them because they down. He's not a player that's taking his foot off the gas. I can promise you that. No. I don't know him personally, but he looks like the type of player, if the coach is trying to take their foot off the gas, he'll damn check the play in the huddle and keep going at you. That's how it looks from my perspective. Now, I don't know him personally, but he is a dog. And yep. he concerns me. And, I, and I, 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 can't, I can't wait to see this one, bro. I can't wait to see this one because Pittsburgh doesn't have a loss in the ACC. At all. They don't have a loss in the ACC. I know they're lost to Western Michigan right now. They're probably shitting bricks like, man, we lost to Western right. Michigan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we right. could be undefeated right now, trying to rep, trying to rep mm-hmm. the ACC because you have a guy that people in college football now start to talk about at the quarterback position. You have a guy uh, who, who's one of the top guys in the nation when it comes to touchdowns as a wide receiver that people are talking about. So all those things lined up. So I know they're kicking themselves right now, but the best thing that they can go out and do this week against Clemson, go out there and put about 40, 45 up on Clemson. Everybody, everybody will be talking about you again. Go put 45 up on Clemson. Now, in Man, this matchup, <laughs> you know what I'm getting. You know what I'm getting. You know what I'm getting. In this matchup, Cody. <laughs> right. I, I like Pittsburgh. I'm going with Pittsburgh, baby. I'm going with the Steel City. I'm going with Pittsburgh. Man. Cody, who who do you have in this one? I want to I want to pause for a second. I want to <laughs> give the University of Pittsburgh and their coaches credit because I think I think you've said enough about their offense. Everybody knows how great their offense is, but those damn corners for Pittsburgh. When I tell you those young men get up in your face and they force you to throw long foul balls, the other day against Virginia Tech, they kept taking shots, kept taking shots, and it was long foul ball. So I want to give credit to those young men, and I'm not going to lie, Pittsburgh as a Clemson fan makes me nervous as hell. One, because of how many points they're averaging per game and how Clemson is struggling to score points. I think for Clemson to have a chance this weekend, they have to put up 30 points. I want to start out with that. And that's being generous because let's not get it twisted. Bro, why are you making me laugh? Listen, why are you <laughs> making me laugh? Because I'm trying to figure out how to word this <laughs> without <laughs> – Pittsburgh is averaging over 50 points per game. So being generous, <laughs> I think it'll be a successful day for Clemson's defense if they can hold them to 30 points. I think, I think that'll be a successful game for them. Can the offense score 30 points? I don't know. We'll see. But then, like I said, like I just mentioned, 
Pitt makes me even more nervous because of their corners. Mm-hmm. Their corners, they're not giving up nothing. Like yeah. they're in your face and they're suffocating people. So when you add that ability with the type of offense they have and how explosive they are, it's just a recipe for disaster. But with that being said, lift your head up, Cody. Lift your head man, up. You know, <laughs> you know what's going on, man. I'm riding with Clemson. You know what it is. <laughs> hey. Hey. I'm riding with Cody. Clemson, man. I bleed Cody. on. If you come my la- arm open right now, orange blood come out. You know who I'm rocking with. Cody, I'm laughing so hard right now. Cody, you hit him with this right here. Because you, know <laughs> you know some of it is pride. A lot That's of facts. Man. A lot of it is pride. But that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I'm, li- I'm living and dying by that orange sword. But man, <laughs> it's gonna be a hell of a game, and I'm gonna keep it a buck. Clemson got their hands full. Yeah, Clemson got their hands full, man. Pitt to me right now is right here, neck and neck. I think they, I think, I think North Carolina State to me is the best I, team. I, the I think they're gonna win the ACC. To me right now, them and North Carolina State is like right there. You know what I'm saying? Because North Carolina State put on a show last week as well. And speaking of North Carolina State, I want to give it up to my young homie, Devin Boykin, who was the special teams player of the week at the ACC uh, last week with North Carolina State. And crazy story about me and Devin. I've known Devin for like 10 years now. And crazy, I met him at my best friend's football camp when he was in middle school. So wow. I've seen him grow up from middle school to high school to now at the college level. And maybe his last three years of high school, he was coming down to South Florida to train in the off season with us. So to see his growth has been awesome. So I want to give credit to that young man. But uh, yeah, back to Pitt. I think them in North Carolina State, I think they're the best teams. Depending yeah. on the day, you could go either way, but... And then you, I mean, you still have Wake Forest that's undefeated, but when you look at those two teams, I don't think Wake Forest can, can keep up with those two teams. And that's not a knock on Wake Forest. No, it's not at all. That's not a knock. The way Pitt is explosive on offense and the way they can put up points and then the way North Carolina State's defense is coming along and then they have that rushing attack. Like, you know, what was most impressive to me about North Carolina State's offense? What? Um, this weekend, this past weekend, they did their thing without the running back shining. And yeah. that's been their staple all year. So if they get that passing game going, good luck. And, because they uh, have the, they have the receivers. They have them. I they think they're have. like three, they like three or four deep in the receiver core. And uh shout out to Emeka Amezi. Amezi. Emeka Amezi. Shout out to him for becoming an NC State's all-time reception leader. He passed one of my former teammates in Pittsburgh, Jalen Samuels. Is the all-time leading um, receiver in that school's history. So congrats to that young man. Wow, that's dope. It is, y'all. Episode 9 of the One-on-Ones podcast. Make sure y'all stay tuned for more. Next week, we got episode 10. You might want to listen. That's if you're trying to win. Yes, sir. Love.